Welcome to the Progression Health Podcast, episode six. I'm here with natural bodybuilder Steve Hall, and Steve is going to introduce himself. Hey guys. So uh, yeah, thank you, Ross, for having me on. Uh, it's always nice to be on the other end. Uh, I always feel like I'm the one sat back, not talking too much, but I can talk, even though uh, I like to think that <laughs> I don't have much to say all the time. So yeah, anyway, I don't know where I'm going. My head's completely spun. <laughs> uh, so I'm Steve Hall. Uh, I am a natural bodybuilder, um, a dog dad. Uh, I am the kind of founder and owner, uh, co-owner of Revive Stronger, which is an online coaching business. Uh, we have a group of coaches there that basically focus on body composition kind of change. Uh, we do kind of take people to stage, uh, bodybuilders, uh, naturals for the most part. And we're also a content producer. So have our own podcast, the Revive Stronger podcast, which has been going on for a heck of a long time. I think we're on like, I don't know, there's like over 500 total episodes now, I think, but uh, individual interviews, I think we're getting close to like 300. I, I can't even remember. It's just something that I do every week now and put it out there and uh, get to talk to some really smart people, which is great. And uh, yeah, that's uh, me as a whole. I spend most of my time coaching people uh, through the internet and uh, I wouldn't turn back and I love it. And it's, it's a really fun job. And uh, I'm very blessed, particularly in the, the current times where a lot of us had been forced to work from home. I've been doing that for like the last I don't know, five years or so. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So I was actually listening to your podcast, Revive Stronger, for a while. Um, and it's, it's fascinating and it's interesting to see how you kind of went on a journey of learning more and more and becoming more like evidence-based with, with Pascal and um, that was like, you know, fascinating to see you, you, you can do it as a natural bodybuilder. Like it was really inspiring. Um, and you, you are the kind of, you know, in, in the UK anyway, you seem to be like one of the leading experts on natural bodybuilding. So what is your experience been with bodybuilding? Um, and like, what are your kind of current plans and what are you doing right now with, with bodybuilding? Cool. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, it's, I'm really passionate about natural bodybuilding, not because I'm like, Know, naturalistic and i think steroids are bad and i'm a hippie and uh, i i i don't think that way at all but certainly certain circumstances they absolutely can be but they can be done responsibly and whatever people want to do if it's not harming other people then like have at it but i'm very passionate about natural bodybuilding particularly because i think a lot of people underestimate their potential uh, i had someone come actually come up to me in the gym today and they were like just wanted to ask i saw you wearing like a, a a t-shirt the other day that said like natural bodybuilding on it like you, you're natural like you can achieve that physique like naturally and i was like yeah if you put in enough time and effort you absolutely can he was like oh it really gave me some hope because i had a lot of friends in another gym and they competed but they're all taking all sorts and i was like it just takes a, a lot of time dedication wait this actually happened yeah it happened today literally wow that's so, so cool. it, it's weird it, it's starting to happen more as i'm getting like contest shredded and people are like holy shit this guy where's he come from uh but that's kind of the life of a natural when you stay hidden under body fat you're not particularly big or under clothes you don't look particularly impressive because you just look like a you know you, you weigh the same as the average person probably you're just shredded under there with a lot of muscle so yeah i'm very passionate about it particularly because what got me into it was actually basically recovering from an accident so the name revive stronger comes from me as an individual, I've always been super into sports and active, uh, but I never really found bodybuilding. It wasn't like my passion from the get-go. I was just into all sorts. But I was on one of these 10-kilometer runs I used to do at university, and I came to some traffic lights, and they were flashing amber, which is basically like probably don't go, but maybe go if there's no cars. 
I didn't even check. I just went for it because I was on for an all-time PB and I got hit by a white van. Uh, so yeah, I got a head injury, which uh, led to some, I have like some scarring. I got a uh, fractured skull, but it was the head trauma that led to what they think was like a bruised pituitary gland. Um, it impacted my hypothalamus, which is just basically your control center for various hormones. So then I was left in hospital for about a month um, and any kind of kind of muscle I gained from training. And I had been training a bit before then, but not seriously, that kind of all vanished. And my sense of well-being was really bad. Uh, my confidence was in the gutter and I had just various long-term problems from that initially that I was on medication for. So I kind of found bodybuilding at that time to build myself up. Cause I was like, I came out of hospital. I'd lost like 15 pounds or so. 15 to 20 pounds in, in that period of time. Cause I just had no appetite. Uh, did really didn't want to eat, obviously lost a lot of body water. So I essentially found like a forum. It wasn't bodybuilding forums, but it was very similar. And it was like the information when I first got into things wasn't great. There's a lot of like, just like hard bulking. It was all from the bros. Basically there just wasn't much science out there at the time. There wasn't all the educators that we have now. So I kind of followed a really poor approach initially. And I just tried to find out more and more and more because I was just eager to learn. And I enjoyed the process of like pushing myself hard in the gym, which is why I love sports my entire life. But bodybuilding let me do it under my terms and like feel safe almost because I didn't want to like run on roads. And uh, I, under my medication and things, going out and socializing was very challenging. Uh, I was on like fluid restrictions and things so that I wasn't kind of having problems with electrolyte balance and things like this, which can be really, really problematic if you go too extreme in one direction. So yeah, I found bodybuilding and after lots of research and investigation, I eventually found bodyrecomposition.com. I found Alan Aragon, La McDonald, started to find uh, Matt Ogus. I found Ian McCarthy. If, if you know Ian McCarthy, Ross? Yeah, I know so, everyone, all of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Ian was kind of prominent at that time as one of the more like science-based guys. He's kind of I don't know where he's gone at the moment, but he's kind of disappeared a little bit for the last don't know, decade, actually. Uh, so, yeah, I started like, I was like, man, I can actually learn about muscle building and fat loss. And there's a way to do this. So I started learning from them, uh, Matt Ogus, and then uh, Team 3DMJ through Eric Helms as he got a coach. And Matt went and competed as a natural bodybuilder. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, I want to do this. And so I started to kind of get better results as you do, as you do things way more intelligently and keep pursuing it. And so I eventually kind of quit my office job, which I got uh, out of university, which was like in London as a merchandiser and became a one-on-one -on -one PT as I educated myself on my weekend courses, which is, is pretty easy to get a, a PT qualification, to be honest. But um, I made sure I was doing that alongside my full-time job transitioned uh, to one-on-one -on -one PT, which I only did for maybe less than a year, actually one-on-one -on -one PT, because at the time I also were, went into a contest prep for my first natural bodybuilding season. Cause I was just like, I got to do this. And my why for doing that was to kind of prove to myself, I was recovered from my head injury and all the trauma because I eventually came off all the medication and uh, was able to function almost as a normal human. And I just wanted that confidence back and that kind of sense of, I can, kind of live my life under my terms. And I, I loved the control aspect of training, nutrition. You, you kind of put this input in, you train like this, you get this output. And so, yeah, I stepped on stage 2014, for my first season, did a couple of shows, learned a lot. And uh, during that period of time, I also found myself 
coaching some of the kind of kids around the school, uh, local schools who saw me in the gym. And they're like, this guy's like similar to my story now. Like people notice you when you're getting shredded and they're like, this guy is, he's getting shredded. How's he doing this? So they wanted to learn. So I started coaching these people online for like, it was 30 pounds a month. I think at the time, which like not, not, not a lot. Uh, it wasn't earning me much, but I much preferred it. I think partly because I was just so tired. I wanted to sit down at my computer all the time and I was ignorant to like non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So my cardio went really high because I wasn't moving around at all, which was really dumb in hindsight. Uh, and also I just love like science and numbers and spreadsheets. Like it's just, it's, it's what suits me. I'm not the, the person in the gym that can be like really kind of uh, extroverted, really talkative. It's just, just not me. So kind of all things aligned so that I started transitioning to online coaching. And that's where the brand Revive Stronger kind of birthed because I was like, well, it's like reviving stronger. I was in the best shape of my life after this, like doing the bodybuilding show, had more muscle, lowest body fat I'd ever been at. And if I could do it, I was very passionate that a lot of other people could do it. Like if I've come from like ground zero where I was at serious risk of like something real bad happening, uh, a lot of other people could do it. They just need the education. And so that kind of led to my pursuit of natural bodybuilding and my passion for learning and science and sharing that with other people and sharing that journey too. So that's kind of the birth of me as a bodybuilder, natural bodybuilder and the brand. And ever since then, it's just been expanding where we've done seminars, brought over Mike Isratel several times to the UK now, which is, I'm very eager to do another one and get the 3DMJ guys over as well uh, to do those, the podcast birth after doing those seminars with Mike, because I just wanted to, like I had questions for him and I was like, how can we do this and share it with other people? And it became like a thing. And then the, the podcast kind of grew from there. So everything kind of just kept developing almost naturally. It wasn't like I didn't have a business plan. I haven't had business mentorship or anything like that. It's all just kind of developed on its own path. Um, been very consistent with it all. And I've been very consistent with my bodybuilding as well. So I competed again in 2017, did much better than 2014. Not as well. Well, no, I did fine. Like I did better than I expected. I got some British finals and I placed actually in both British finals, which is really cool. And this year I'm again competing. So I'm now just under a month out from the UK FBA international finals. And then six weeks from the WMBF uh, finals and international finals. And then seven weeks from what will probably be my final show, unless I somehow blow all the other competitors out of the water or no one better turns up basically. And I managed to make it to like a world final, which would be beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, I'm not someone who picked up a weight and grew. I am someone who has always had to be very smart about my approach, very consistent. And after over a decade of doing that, I've built a physique that is able to win shows, which is like mind blowing to me. I never thought I'd get to the position I am now. And that's why I'm really passionate about sharing that journey as well. Cause I think there's a lot of other people who they count themselves out. They're like, oh, like my mate's growing quicker than me. So like, I'm just going to, I don't know, jump on steroids or I'm going to give up, but keep going. You, you don't know your potential until you've done it for a long, long time. I'm very passionate about people enjoying the process, learning the process. Um, and that's, what's kept me going is I just love the, the, the gym is always there. If you have a bad day, the gym's there. You can progress with something. If I feel like I have the positive pennies of progress within the gym with my nutrition, which are completely under my control, it doesn't matter what else happened in my day. I've had a good day. 
which might sound a bit weird to some people, but I think it's important to have like these sort of anchors in your life where you have goal and direction. And a quote I really like is progress is happiness. And with bodybuilding, you can always have a, a progressive day. Uh, not every day is going to be amazing and perfect, but you can still work towards something. So yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate about natural bodybuilding for the reasons of people just don't realize their potential and people go enhanced or they give up way too soon than they need to. Uh, and that's coming from someone who has struggled to get in the position I am now. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a, a long but rewarding journey and I'm super grateful for being in the position I am now. Wow, that is, that's amazing. So I knew you did a bit of running and I'd seen some before and after pictures, but that is like, I feel like giving you a, you know, a round of applause or something. That is like, <laughs> <laughs> to see the physique you have now is like amazing. You know, it's, it's like, I can understand how someone in the gym walked up to you and was like, are you, you know, uh, on steroids because your physique is amazing. Um, but yeah, that's like an unbelievable, I didn't realize you were that low that you were in like a, an accident and then came back. So yeah. Um, that's something we have in common. So I, I got knocked off my bike. I was crossing, uh, you know, uh, a street car hit me and I had a, a natural coach as well. Tyler Yasuda. He's like, you know, helped me rehab and stuff. It was amazing experience. So I definitely understand how hard it is. And, um, mm. it's like, um, that whole idea of, uh, people don't realize their potential. It's, it's funny. Would you agree that you wouldn't go through the accident again, but you're better for the accident? Uh, yeah, but basically I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back. I, if I had to, like, if someone was like, you could go back in your, and you like, and you could stop at the lights, would you? No, no way. I'm really happy with how my life is. Like it was some of the hardest years of my life. And it was very, like, I was basically depressed and very unhealthy for a couple of years, but it made me who I am today. And it's allowed me to help so many other people, I think. And I guess, I don't know, to get really philosophical, it's like, what, what are you leaving like this earth when you go? And it's like, I'm a, I know it's not huge and it's groundbreaking, but I can coach hundreds of people who maybe aren't happy at all with their physique and their progress. And this is what it's all about. Not really like the visual transformation. It's like how mentally, how happy are you? And you can use bodybuilding. You look at someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I think is an amazing example. Look what he's done for like, he, it's not just his bodybuilding. It's like the, he applied that same dedication and consistency from his bodybuilding into his acting career, into his kind of uh, the, the politics that he's done. And ultimately he's one of like the most influential people in the world. So I looked to someone like that and I'm like, man, if he can do that, like that, that's what bodybuilding can give you. So I, I want to give back to kind of the sport almost and, and to the people through it, which sounds really like, I don't know. It sounds funny, but corny almost, but I truly believe that. Yeah, no, having a why is, is like, people don't understand how profound it is. Like, you know, and, um, Schwarzenegger was like an Austrian immigrant and ended up being, I don't know, like six time Mr. Olympia and the, the governor of California, one of the biggest yeah. Hollywood stars ever. So it's like, um, you know, you, you, again, just, you kind of don't know what you're capable of. And it reminds me actually of, uh, Ronnie Coleman. So you know, if you've seen his recent updates, his health is not as good as it was before. And uh, someone asked him, they said, you know, you won, I think, eight Olympias. You know, your body is, is failing you now. Um, would you do anything differently? Because, you know, your, your longevity is obviously compromised. You're not going to live as long as someone who didn't put themselves through the, uh, the training you went through. 
And uh, there's a video online of him doing like, I think it's like an 800 or 700 pound squat. And he's like, my only regret, I did two reps. I should have done three. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so it's the same thing it. as you. It's like, you know, he doesn't regret it at all. And I'm not saying, you know, go and be as hardcore as you can, but just, I guess, um, maybe use your challenges as uh, part of your why, you know, kind of integrate that challenge and the lessons you learn from it because they'll make you stronger, you know, as yeah. your, your brand name is. No, absolutely. I agree. Um, the easy way in life is to never risk things and never like put yourself in stress, stressful positions. But uh, every time I've kind of taken a risk, like in the long run, short term, maybe there's some regrets, but in the long run, normally, like as long as it's a calculated risk, which hopefully it is, because uh, I think it's important to at least take that into consideration, like risk versus reward. But I think it, it's too easy to live a comfortable life sometimes. And sometimes you do need to challenge yourself. And that, again, to big up bodybuilding again, like you, you have to keep challenging yourself to be able to keep growing and progressing. And so you can apply that to, to other areas of life for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like progressing and kind of growing yourself, it's like, you, I would consider you one of the elite level natural bodybuilders in the UK at the very least. So what do you think it takes to kind of separate yourself and, and be elite? And then also in terms of like, say listeners, it's like, um, what kind of, is it maybe some common traits you see among clients that like, you know, stay the course, they do well, uh, they reach their goals. Cool. So first of all, I would, I just would not agree that I'm elite by any means. Like there are in terms of the, you're up there. UK, can we say you're up there? You're up, you know, I, I mean, to, I can, if I get to British finals and I can place in those, I think you're fair to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm not bad. Uh, but I look at someone like uh, Bob Waterhouse, for example, he's gone into the MPC. He's now an IFBB pro as a natural. That's like my mind blows. He, you look at him and he is a specimen of just like beautiful, classic physique, uh, comes in completely shredded, has great muscle bellies and everything like that. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to get to that level. Could I go natural uh, pro? Maybe, uh, maybe if I like the cards are in my favor in terms of who turns up, it's always who turns up on the day, right? Uh, so that takes into that. But for me, I, I don't, I never say I'm a beautiful bodybuilder. You don't look at me, especially you can look at my, the first time I competed and I hit like a front relax. You're just like, mm, it's not like the, an X frame that I'm going for. Like you don't have the nice cap delt, the sweeping quads. I don't, I don't have that. And I, I never will have that. I made everything bigger. I got closer to that, but it's, it's not that. So I don't have a really nice structure and frame for bodybuilding, but um, I have some shots that look very good uh, that don't rely as much on the structure and frame, like side shots, rear shots. They're things that I can overpower people in. And also bodybuilding is smoke and mirrors, so you can play with posing. And there's the ability to obviously grow muscle mass and get conditioned. And something I have in my favor, and this might be a genetic trait, is being lean. So I struggle to put on much weight. So at 5'10", for me to get over 200 pounds is a massive struggle. I, I really struggle to push over that body weight. I've only ever done it once. And I, I still prefer being in the state I am now in, in contest prep, like you know, below 10% body fat than when I was pushing up my weight at that point. It was just torture every day, like force feeding. Whereas there's people that are like 5'7", who have been over 200 pounds and they're just like, yes, kind of easy for me that's big at that height but uh that they can do that whereas i've always been on the slimmer side like i've always been like a, a the runner frame like my before pictures you can see that so being lean is something 
that's in my favor. And I think I deal with being lean better than other people. And so I can push myself to levels of condition that maybe others can't get to. So I might be able to play my cards, which could be now muscularity. I think I have a good amount of muscle for my frame and condition. So that's what I'm trying to do this year is bring those like people are looking at me like, can you get any more condition? And I'm like, yes, I definitely can. And it's just take giving that extra edge above other people who maybe can't mentally go there or their lifestyle is difficult and challenging for it. I have a great lifestyle for bodybuilding. <laughs> I could be very selfish with my eating and my training and I don't have kids and other responsibilities. So that's how I'm going to set myself apart is I'm going to be very, very on top of my posing and make sure that's sort of polished and I've hit poses for my physique that show off my strengths, get to a level of condition that is just the, the judges are going to be like drawn to every time you see like, I don't know, I'm hoping my glutes come in from the rear. That's what I'm looking for. That walnut, but they're in from the side. Almost everything is in. There's just a few pinches left uh, over these next few weeks that I hope to bring in. And um, using a really intelligent approach, that, that's what's built my entire physique. Right now, I'm just showing off the physique that I bought, bought myself during the off season. And that's through smart, hard work. And uh, I always like to say my preference for training and even nutrition is results. It, it isn't kind of my, pre I don't train for like my preference of, I love going hard or I love low volume or I love high volume or I love that exercise. It's, is that going to give me the result I want? I'm going to do that because I, the, my preferences is results. So being able to be rational and be objective with those sort of things and uh, really give bodybuilding everything I can. And I think I can give it a lot more than what other people can. So that, that for me, I think is what's going to set me apart is those details that other people maybe who have better genetics, maybe they're more born for bodybuilding than I am, but they can't get those things in check. I've got cards in my favor that I'm going to use to my advantage, like anyone in sport. Like there's always better teams uh, that lose to other teams because, I don't know, they have the home ground or whatever it is. There's something they can use to their advantage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens because I'm definitely in for a shout at the UK FBA. They're doing height classes now. So that kind of threw a spanner in the works, but it's interesting to see the high classes as well. Like sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, well, I can't, what was your next question? Was it to do with clients? Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. Um, yeah. With clients, what do you think separates clients who uh, kind of like stay the course and, you know, reach their goals and, and, and what separates the ones who don't? Cause you talk a lot about reaching their potential. Uh, you know, is there any common characteristics that, you see among clients who reach closer to their potential? Yeah, for sure. Uh, they are the ones that kind of give themselves to coaching, at least in my eyes. They're very coachable. Um, there's some people that they like the idea of a coach, but they're not truly willing to give the time to it where they, they maybe are missing a check-in here or there, maybe late, um, or they just don't really give you much of an update. They just kind of come in and they're like, yeah, it was a fine week. Um, let me know what I need to do next week. The ones who are kind of thinking more about their training, they're thinking about how they're responding to things. Uh, they're asking good questions to fully understand the process. I think, I hate to think there's clients of mine who are doing stuff and they're not really sure why. I want every client to know exactly why they're doing everything. Because that's where the, what's really helped me with my training and nutrition is like, I can go into the gym and do a workout and I know everything is there for a reason. I know why it's there, the sets, the reps, the exercise, everything about it. I can explain this is 
here for this reason. And that's going to lead to my goals. And I want them to feel the same way. So they feel really, really positive about what they're doing too, because I think it's important to have self-belief. Uh, and it's not like ignorant self-belief. It's like, this is scientific, like evidence-based, like this is going to work. If you do this, you're going to grow. You're going to get closer towards your goals. Same with nutrition. Um, finding structure in their life, I think is important too. I always ask my clients to kind of fill out a day for themselves. So what are they, when are they waking? When are they training? When are they working? When are they eating? What are they eating? Just roughly. Uh, most of us fall into a bit of a habit anyway with all of that, but the body also loves routine and structure. It likes waking up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, eating at the same time, training at the same time. And it gets into, it's essentially dialed into your circadian rhythm. So the more you can get into this kind of routine and kind of almost monotonous state, uh, which is a lot of what bodybuilding is, it's kind of monotonous, like harder, more back off, go again. Um, but the more you can kind of embrace that and get into a really good structure and routine and be incredibly consistent with it, like the results start snowballing. And you see that the, the, to kind of put your question in a different way, who do, what clients don't see results, they're the ones who they have no structure, no routine. They're all over the place. They're trying to do like, I call it macro Tetris. They're trying to fit macros in through the day and just they're tracking as they go. They might eat a meal and then track a couple of hours later, miss some stuff out. At the end of the day, they've got some random numbers and they just put a mix of crap together and they, that impacts their sleep. So they eat a thousand calories just before they go to bed and they wake up like, I don't know, an hour later, really groggy. And then they train first thing that day because they just want to. And then the next day it's just thrown off. But the ones who can get into a really consistent routine and yeah, have a plan basically. And they can execute that over and over again, but be flexible at the same time. So it sounds very rigid, which it is in some ways, but if you can have a, an understanding of the principles so you can be flexible. So for example, if you're going uh, on holiday and, or just to like, you know, your girlfriend's for the weekend and you're at a different gym, do you just like say, oh, I'm not going to train over the weekend. I can't find time. Or do you look to find the time and you're like, okay, I don't have this exercise, but I can find an easy replacement. And I know I just need to do these sets to this intensity and I'm going to achieve the same result. It's just a slightly novel movement for me, which is fine. Like when you can understand the principles behind all of the kind of programming that you've got, you're in a golden position, which is kind of like flexible dieting. Like you have this protein, this fat, this carb to hit. You don't have to do it from these foods. You can do it from any foods. You don't have to follow the meal plan. So when you do go away to your girlfriends, you can still hit those numbers. You just have to be in a position where you're educated and smart enough to hit them. And maybe you can't hit your protein and carbs perfectly, but can you hit your, sorry, your fat and carbs, but can you hit your protein and calories? Or maybe you're slightly over your calories and okay, do we need to want to adjust those down the next days? Once they get into a position where they kind of have a real good fundamental understanding of the, the principles and they get into a real good structure and routine and then can be flexible on the fly, like they are nailing it every single day. And that's what it takes to be impressive as a natural bodybuilder because we don't have steroids on our side. We don't have uh, these physiological kind of tools that can really boost progress. What they can see happen in six months takes us multiple years. Uh, I was literally just talking to Mike on a recent podcast. He was like, over the last year, he gained something like, a, I can't even remember, it was something like nine pounds of muscle in a year. And I was like, fuck it out. It took me <laughs> whatever it was, like five years to build anywhere close to that amount. And I thought I was doing, well, I am doing really well as a natural. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, that's why we have to be just so on top of all those things. And it sounds really overwhelming, I think, for some people. 
but ultimately it's actually really enjoyable i find people enjoy that more than the people who are all over the place all the time they're drinking some weekends other weekends not not to say you can't drink but they just have no structure in their life they're just like i don't know they're like that typical person at uni who goes to some of their lectures doesn't go to others drinks very regularly goes to parties sometimes goes to the gym and they just their body is like all over the shop and uh, it's just you need that consistent kind of direction so that we can keep progressing especially as you get into those intermediate and advanced years which i think is why a lot of people don't get past the intermediate stage as a physique because they just lack that directed specificity towards that goal which has to come in yeah that's um so true that consistency is really key um and then i'm just thinking it's like you know you might find it monotonous but it's like if you have like a random schedule and a random routine you're going to get random results and then it's like no wonder you lose motivation and you don't want to rely on motivation but if you have a routine and you're tracking what you're doing it becomes its own cycle of motivation because it's like you know you put your work in and then you check your progress and you actually have made progress like you've said you know and then um you, you can actually have like a a sort of a healthy feedback loop where it's like you know work hard or sorry follow the routine work hard progress and you, you keep repeating that and then you can trust the process as well so it actually becomes exciting like you said as well which is it, it's really important to get a payoff for what you're doing because you obviously work really really hard yeah and it as much as it sounds a little bit i think overwhelming for people it absolutely can be a lifestyle and it has to be especially as a natural because you're never going to be like an IFBB pro earning a living from your bodybuilding. Like I don't, the show I won, I didn't win any money from that. In fact, it cost me a lot of money. <laughs> um, obviously it's rewarding in other ways and it potentially makes me money in other ways because it's my career um, as an online coach, but it, it's costly. So it needs to be something that you enjoy at the same time. But I find a lot of people do once they find that routine and they get that real enjoyment of seeing that progress. It's like any goal in life. If you want to kind of get, even if you want to get like a girlfriend for me at least it, it wasn't something that i was ever going to get a girlfriend by just randomly like oh, i'll just go on a night out i'll just go to this bar and I'll, I'll find a girlfriend it was like no i need to go on like this dating app i need to date these girls i need to go on these like and then it was like a process of like the more dates i go on the more opportunities i've got to find the one if i just hope it happens to me i mean yeah good luck <laughs> it didn't it didn't work for me i needed to kind of follow a process similar like if you want to get uh, a promotion for your job like don't just do the basics and just roll through plan like have have a plan of action work hard at it show turn up every single day uh and yeah you're going to get that outcome at the end even like i don't know saving for a house anything you need to you can't just randomly find you've got enough money for a house like you probably need to plan and put money aside most people at least and uh then you'll build towards something so it just has to be something thought and that's where coaching really comes in because you can map out this plan for them you can almost do all the, the hard work on the back end to make it fit their lifestyle and troubleshoot where it's like, oh, okay, you've got this time here. Can you have a protein shake there? Cause that's going to really just like give you that little bit of a boost of muscle protein synthesis through the day, abate your hunger. So you're not kind of having this huge amount of eating later. That's going to lead to better fat loss, like little things like that. Just, they go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Planning is absolutely crucial. So you set the goal, your plan and um, you stick with it and, you know, uh, once you decide on what you want to do, then it kind of, it won't make things easier, but it'll give you a clear direction. And like, it's so easy to have no direction, you know, like for example, social media pulls you in a million, your phone pulls you in a million directions. And, um, 
you can have something better to say yes to, you know, your bigger goal. So yeah. Um, that, that was great. Um, we'll, we'll jump on to the, the posts that you have. I, I found them like very informative and very interesting. Um, kind of just like quick hitters, the final, uh, three questions here. Um, okay. what are some like, uh, muscle building kind of massing mistakes you often see? You had a post about that. Um, what are some things you would tell people to avoid and some things that people should focus on? So the people I tend to work with, um, one of the biggest things that they struggle with is fat gain. So I call, I called this ages ago, adipose phobia, which is just like fat phobia, basically uh, being scared of gaining fat. This is something I struggled with for a long time after I did like my first bulk, which you could call a dirty bulk because I just ate tons and got overweight and I wasn't happy shred back down. And I was like, mm, I don't want to, I got comfortable basically. And uh, I think this can be really detrimental to a lot of people once they are in an intermediate stage where they're just like, I'm eating a lot, I'm training hard. Surely I'm like recomping or something. For most people, you're just not going to see that recomp or it's so slow that you're going to give up. So I much prefer people to continue to pursue, to make themselves a bit uncomfortable, to push on and maybe accrue a little bit of body fat and get a bit uncomfortable in their own skin and focus on the, uh, sorry, the, the performance over the physique. Right now, I'm trying not to focus too much on my performance, but still a bit. But I'm more so focused on my physique because it needs to be because I'm going to step on stage. But during a mass gaining phase in my off season, when I'm trying to build muscle, much less focused on how I'm looking, way more on performance in the gym and embracing the enjoyment from kind of the fact that I get to eat more. I have more flexibility. I can eat out more. I can uh, have better energy levels to be more present with, I don't know, my dog or my nieces and nephews and just have more energy for life activities. I can train harder and, and better. Uh, all of these things. So that's one thing I find people do is they kind of get a bit complacent with their massing and they kind of get comfortable. And so they just spin their wheels at maintenance for an extended period of time. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest. And that kind of coincides with, I, I have clients that do this still that I get frustrated with and they know, and I see it a lot where people can be super dedicated during a cut. They're like, yeah, I'm cutting, I'm losing fat. They get that weekly kind of boost every single time they see the average scale weight coming down more details coming out massing's slow it takes a long time to build muscle you need to be dedicated for extended periods of time so you have to really fall in love with that kind of training process and like i said focus on what grass is green where you are uh, and i find people lose all of that when they go into mass gaining phase again they lose their kind of emphasis on nutrient timing, on sleep. They, they just lose all the details that ultimately really add up to become significant. They might look insignificant in isolation, like taking your creatine, making sure to have carbs pre and post-workout, spreading my protein through the day, getting eight hours of sleep. When you top all of those together, they end up starting to become significant. So I find people really let those go and that ends up hurting their progress as well during a mass gaining phase. Um, those are probably the biggest two I see. I think a lot of other people see people gaining way too fast. I've certainly been there myself and I certainly have had clients where they just, they kind of, they're on a tight leash during their cut and then they let the leash go. And it's like, now they're running wild and they're just in this huge surplus uh, because their appetite is really insatiable. They can just keep eating and they cut short their kind of window of opportunity of gaining. So, like, oh, you just bought yourself all that gaining time because now you're nice and lean and now you've kind of put that fat right back on and you're back where you were. You can't cut now because you're still fatigued. What are we going to do? So kind of really being sure to 
just slowly let that leash go, give them a bit more length, a bit more length until they're kind of in a position where they control themselves. They're less excited around food and then they can kind of progress through a mass gaining phase at a decent rate. That'd be another one, I think. Brilliant. Yeah. So like the main ones are don't be afraid of putting on body fat and still maintain a kind of semblance of the discipline you had that got you lean. Um, yeah. I feel like you're talking about people become overly focused on like external gratification when they're getting lean because people will, you know, say you look great or you will tell yourself you look great when it's like your internal kind of drive and values and discipline that's actually getting you the result. And then externally um, in a massing phase, people, uh, they don't get that feedback. So then they kind of feel like they're doing something wrong when it, I think it becomes much more internal. It's about like, you know, uh, your, your, again, your own values and discipline that are guiding you much more in a massing phase or they're much easier um, to lose sight of, but they're much more important. Yeah. In a massive phase. Um, so then on the flip side, I think people kind of, you know, when I talk to people about fat loss, uh, they kind of think like faster is better. What, what do you think is like a, a good rate of, of fat loss uh, in a, in a cut, in, yeah. a, in a deficit? It's a good question. Cause I think, uh, when I initially thought about this as like a very junior coach, I'd be thinking like the general answer that people hear is like one to two pounds a week. That's like a good rate of loss, but that could be totally inappropriate depending on the person. If it's like, say a small female, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know why they have to be female, but I've said they're female, small male or female, maybe they're like 150 pounds or 120 pounds as a female, two pounds to that individual is quite a lot of weight. And then if they're very lean already, if they're like 10% body fat, that's a very aggressive rate of loss. And essentially it comes down to how much body fat has the person got to give. So if you have a lot on your physique, then you can lose at a faster rate. And if we're talking about kind of fat loss, then that, that's important. Because if you lose at a faster rate, when you haven't got as much fat to liberate, you could risk muscle loss because your training performance is going to be impacted. You're leaner. You haven't got as much give. So I think it's important to individualize the rate of loss. And I find the best way to do that isn't through pounds necessarily or kilos through like a percentage of the total body weight that you have. So I think one way to individualize it is based off body fat levels. So someone who's like obese and they have a lot of fat to lose, they probably look to lose 2% of body weight per week on the, the top end. And that'd be very comfortable for them. They're not going to risk muscle loss. They've got plenty of fat to liberate. Whereas on the like extreme opposite end for someone like me, if I'm losing anything over like half a percent of body weight per week, I'm risking muscle loss because I've got barely any fat on my physique to give up. And so if I'm losing a lot of weight, it's likely some of it's going to be liberated from like lean tissue, which I don't want. And then you have someone in the middle. So someone like 15% body fat, they can probably lose at about 1% rate of loss as you get to 10%, closer to 0.5%. So as you start seeing like ab definition as a male, you probably want to start halving that rate of loss. But once you're kind of soft, you haven't got much kind of a definition, you can probably lose at about 1% rate of loss per week comfortably, according to like the literature that we have, the scientific literature, you shouldn't be risking any muscle loss. And females can basically add like five to 7% of body fat to those numbers in terms of like 10% as a male, you know, like 15 to 17%. And again, I hate body fat percentages in some ways because I, it's almost well, it's impossible to really measure it uh, with anything that we have. So I'm also like to talk about visually how you're looking. Uh, so yeah, as a male kind of talk through those figures. And then it's important to also take it, the individual's personality and lifestyle 
and like what, what environment into consideration you might have that person who is 15 percent, or like say they haven't got much muscular definition but they're not obese so they could theoretically lose at one percent per week but if they have a really stressful lifestyle they can't commit much to their training they can't commit their poor sleep hygiene if they're losing at one percent yeah sure they could on paper if they did everything right just see fat loss but they're, they're going to start seeing training performance get knocked they're going to start not seeing good results from that so they might want to lose at half a percent so you have to take into consideration i think body fat but also environment and also like just the person in general again if someone's had like i don't know not disordered eating necessarily but if they've had trouble dieting in the past maybe dieting them aggressively isn't the way to go or they might have the other person who they only respond well to aggressive diets they're just like i need to be in and out as soon as possible and it's like okay this might be faster than on paper i'd like it to be but if this is what's going to be like adherable for you let, let's get in and out of it let's get back to massing we'll build back that muscle if we lose any in a very short period of time so i'm definitely not about kind of fast or slow it's kind of individualized to that person in their physiology psychology and environment i think is really important brilliant yeah i really like that answer it's very nuanced and um you know we can talk about guidelines all we want you know till the cows come home but like everyone is their own individual and they've their own life stressors and circumstances and knowledge and experience that you know we have to meet them where they're at as coaches so that's really important to consider um a question I and a topic I discussed recently with a client is uh, building fat, uh, sorry, <laughs> building muscle while losing fat. Um, what is your take on that? Um, because this client was like, I want to add 10 pounds of muscle while getting leaner. And I was like, okay, so you do realize that's like two counter, uh, counter goals are competing. But um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on building fat? Okay, I'll say it right. I'll get it. I'll get <laughs> I it do right this eventually. all the time as well. <laughs> uh, building muscle and losing fat at the same time. Is it possible? So I would be wrong to say that it isn't possible. It absolutely is possible. I think there's some certain circumstances that make it much more likely. And if you're outside of those circumstances, it's very unlikely, but can still happen. I just don't like it. Uh, from a practical perspective with myself and working with hundreds of clients, when I see someone outside of those circumstances, go for it. It's a great way to spin your wheels, which I kind of touched upon earlier. So what circumstances do I think it's a great idea? Uh, someone who's new to lifting, they don't have to worry too much about eating in a surplus or a deficit. They could probably just eat to like fullness, basically maintenance. And because it's such a novel stimulus to them, the body's going to use some of the fat tissue that's on their physique, grow some muscle, drop some fat. So someone who's completely new to lifting, great. You can go for this kind of body recomposition. Like, uh, likewise, if someone has taken a complete layoff from training, so like I did after my accident, I had like, uh, I don't know, it was like a six to eight month period where I wasn't lifting. So I'd lost like any muscle mass I had. So at the time I had no real education. So I, I was just going back into the gym and just lifting. And I was, was awful at the start, but it was like I was a newbie again. And you kind of are you have muscle memory and you'll start growing back that muscle very, very quickly. And you'll probably alleviate some fat that you potentially have gained as well. So for that person that can work really well. And maybe for someone who is very overweight, so they have a lot of fat tissue, so obese. And if they, especially if they're quite new to lifting or new to at least doing things very well, um, very scientifically kind of principled, they can, they have all this kind of energy store on their body. They can probably go into quite a small debt, like a, they can go into a reasonable deficit and probably lose fat, gain muscle. 
but it's not really the goal for them is to get like fat loss. And so if they gain muscle at the same time, great. That's a like side goal. Most of the time when pe people are going for a recomposition, it's they're trying to maintain and they're trying to gain muscle and lose fat. And then like you said, and so outside of those circumstances of being new, coming off a layoff, being obese, um, doing things way better than you used to. So maybe you're like lifting it in triples and nothing else. And now you're like, oh, I have all these rep ranges above this uh, and I can start doing more volume. You can probably see a bunch more growth that way as well. Or like steroids. If you're new to anabolics, you're going to grow no matter uh, what happens. Outside of those circumstances, I don't see it as a practical goal or a good goal for someone because it's like you said, being in a calorie to lose fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. That is catabolic. Uh, you see increases in cortisol. The environment for muscle growth is poor. Uh, it can happen. It's just poor. And then for muscle gain, you want an anab anabolic environment. Being in a surplus is anabolic in its own right. And having higher carbohydrates does reduce cortisol. It improves training performance. It improves your ability to recover. It pushes everything in, in the right direction for building muscle. And I think for anyone who is not novice, building muscle is already so hard that if you're going to go to maintenance, pull that kind of one of your biggest tools for muscle growth away from you. It's like cycling uphill and having the handbrake on or having the brake on whilst you're trying to cycle. Like you're just making that way harder than it needs to be. You have to try so hard to see any progress. So, and more than likely, you're going to just spin your wheels and stay in the same spot. Take the handbrake off or take the brake off, put a surplus in there. You're going to see predictable progress in that direction. And that's my much preferred route for people. And there is literature to support that even as intermediate individuals, you can see body recomposition. I just think for them to see that, they have to get so many things in check, like all those little fractional things I talked about before in terms of nutrient timing, sleep, all of those details that ultimately have a way smaller uh, impact on their ability to grow muscle than a surplus would to grow any at all. Whereas if you just put all of those things in check and a surplus, suddenly we're in a really good position to grow muscle. And that's way my preference. And it, that's through my own experience and through working with lots of clients. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, if you were to try and save and invest at the same time, if like, yeah. <laughs> if, if you just saved your money, you would save more effectively. Or if you just invested more uh, of your money, you'd invest more effectively. It's like you try and do the two at the same time and you're just going to end up doing two things badly more than likely because there's so many extra variables to consider. You're almost biting off more than you can chew, especially as like most people aren't as advanced, ad advanced as you. So they don't have the knowledge, the skills, the experience. Um, this has been great, Steve. Um, I think I might've taken up too much of your time, but uh, if you do have time for, for one more question, the uh, the most recent post you have uh, that you're switching to a, a vegan diet. Do you want to talk a little bit about that if you have a minute? Sure. Yeah. Let's uh, do this one. So yeah, we're talking off air quite a bit about it. And I, I think it's, it's just something that is just in the world as a whole kind of plant-based eating, like the documentaries that have come out, like it, they've been huge. And there's people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, I think he's vegan. So there's like, it, it's becoming a way bigger thing, uh, sustainability environment, like the, the understanding of ethics. I think before, possibly without all the media that's there now, a lot of these things could just be like brushed under the carpet. Like the ethics, for example, like I, I didn't know what happened in factory farming. Like I was ignorant to it. Whereas now you can go on 
probably YouTube and you can search it and you can see some horrific stuff. And so it's becoming way more obvious, I think, to everyone uh, in the world that plant-based eating is something that needs to be considered. Uh, and so my girlfriend's was vegetarian. She has been vegetarian for like almost her whole life. Uh, about a year ago or a year and a half ago, she dedicated to becoming vegan. And so it's something that's in my day every single day I have to consider because we kind of eat together and uh, we have to discuss things. And so, or we eat out and it has to be somewhere that has some vegan options. And she's very, very passionate about it as most vegans are. Uh, and I can understand why. And so it's something I've been thinking, considering more and more, and people have been interested. I, I mean, every single time I post a ghost vegan protein on my story, I get like five people ask me like, why vegan? And to me, it's obvious. It's like, well, I'm trying to reduce my animal products, but I think some people think, oh, maybe vegan's better or there's some nutritional reason. So I will say from the outright that uh, I don't think vegan is better from a health standpoint. I don't think it's better as a bodybuilder. And actually for both those things, if you're not careful, could definitely be worse. So a lot more things you have to take into consideration, which I went over in this post. And, uh, but I do think it's ethically uh, probably a superior way to eat in that sense, in that like animals aren't being harmed and slaughtered or bred for us to consume, which is uncomfortable for me to still think about a lot. Like I, I kind of like to think, oh yeah, the, you know, whatever meat I'm eating, it's like, it's a, a deer that's running in the forest and it kind of has lived a great life. And then it gets shot. I don't know. It's probably not how it's happening though. Uh, so this is something I am slowly being better at coming to terms with and making my choices in line with that. And I'm a little bit more comfortable with the vegetarian way of eating. So having kind of like dairy and eggs and things like this, where I don't know, maybe the, the, the lives they get to live are slightly better than not being slaughtered maybe at the same time. But even those, like I know as many vegans who maybe listen, know that that can also be awful. So yeah, anyway, it's, it's just me being a responsible human. Uh, and it's just my personal choice to transition more to a plant-based diet. And with that, there are some considerations that need to be made. The main one for bodybuilders is protein. Uh, animal proteins are not as digestible, so we don't get as much protein from them and they lack certain amino acids. Animal proteins have a full amino acid profile, so they can maximize protein, muscle protein synthesis if you eat enough of it, very simply, like it's super simple. Whereas peas, for example, have a lot of protein, but you can't just eat loads of peas and expect to maximize muscle protein synthesis. You actually have to combine that with something like rice that has a complementary amino acid profile, which I think is like you need like 70 to 30% combined and then you get like almost like an animal protein essentially so you have to mix them uh so you have to be careful about that good news is there's a lot of vegan protein powders now that do that for you and they're getting better taste uh ghost protein for example as i said i do think they taste really good i've had some others that don't taste great at all and i'm not fond of them uh so i don't go for those and then there are other kind of plant-based sources that are uh full amino acid profile, they're high quality, such as soy. The issue with soy is a lot of people, when they hear soy, they're like, oh no, I'm going to grow man tits or whatever it is. <laughs> they're like worried about the testosterone production. There is some concern there, but it's not a huge concern. I think if you're going to have replace one of your meat proteins with soy, totally fine. You're not going to have any issues. You can do that every day, no problem. If you suddenly switch all of your protein or even half of it to soy, 
now you might be seeing some detriments to some of those kind of hormonal markers that you don't want to see. So you don't want to suddenly switch like completely. Um, so that's something I've been doing. There's a lot of nice soy kind of meat replacements that actually are quite macro friendly. They tend to have a ton of fiber, which is unfortunate, <laughs> which sometimes can be good for some people. I, I say unfortunate because uh, it sh shoots my fiber too high, but for some people it might be great. So there is that. And then there's some micronutrients that you want to be aware of as well. So vitamin B12 is an obvious key one that people want to be aware of. That's mainly found in, well, it's found in animal products. Uh, as a vegan, you would want to supplement with that. Uh, Omega-3s is one as well. Uh, there are kind of algae-based good Omega-3 vegan products that you can consume. So you want to be having that. And a lot of meat eaters don't eat like fatty fish anyway. So they're kind of already doing that maybe on the side. Females want to be aware of iron uh, generally because they obviously lose iron quite heavily each month. And then also iron is mostly found in a lot of the kind of red meats, which they're not going to be consuming. They probably want to be having some iron. And then a lot of the other ones are kind of ones that meat eaters would want to be aware of anyway, or you'd have to like get blood work done to be sure. So they're some of the kind of key implications from a muscle building perspective. And I consume still like fatty fish once or twice a week. I still consume some fish and fish seems to be a little bit more ethical uh, in the way that those uh, fish don't seem to uh, psychologically have as much trauma and harm from being fished. Uh, I know Seaspiracy was out recently and I just wouldn't take the documentaries from Netflix as like scientific literature. It's not, it is propaganda, a lot of it. And that's not great. And I think it harms veganism actually and it harms the plant-based movement. Um, so yeah, there is that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that probably explains a lot of my position, where I am, why I'm here. Uh, and it, it was great to see, as I said to you, overwhelming, really positive response, which I was really happy about because I, I just, I didn't think it was going to be super valuable to people. I was like, I, I feel like a bit of a like vegan fraud here because I'm definitely not vegan. I'm not even vegetarian, but I am and my, my eating has changed very different. Like before it would have been all chicken. Like I would just would have even eaten loads of chicken. Uh, and chicken, for example, they, they definitely are one of the animals that are kind of more psychologically understanding of what's going on. And they're treated pretty damn badly, even free range. Uh, and for the environment, chicken is also not great. Same with like cows. Uh, and beef so yeah I, I i try and be selective about things and if you can buy locally for example that gets rid of tons of these ethical issues tons of the sustainability issues but it's not always practical for people uh, and like in our day and age even like eating insects that'd be a great choice they're great at full amino acid profile uh but it's not super easy to get your hand on uh, you need to eat a ton of insects as well and they're quite expensive actually uh, so maybe that will be the future. I'm actually waiting for like Petri dish, fake meat, uh, GMO meat. I'm all about that. that. That'd be great. Yeah. I feel like I heard Richard Branson's talking about that or some, oh, yeah. some, some billionaires they, working on they've that. They've got to be working know. on it. That's, that's big money. That's got to be huge money in that. Creating uh, a product from nothing, essentially. Um, yeah. It's actually very admirable to hear you, you know, kind of speak out about it because um, like I'd imagine you're kind of standing alone. Like the majority of people, in the fitness industry aren't thinking as ethically as that and you've also done a lot of research you know you're able to speak at length in such detail about it so you know um i'll be interested to see how it goes for you and i try and follow a similar approach but not to the same level so um like as i said already off air 
you're doing a little bit of the legwork for people kind of blazing a trail. And, you know, I'm sure I'll learn a little bit from you about how to do it more sustainably because <clears throat> enjoyment and sustainability is really what it comes down to. So if you can, you know, show us how to do that and also I'll do my own work as well. Um, it'll make it uh, a lot easier, but, uh, Steve, I've taken enough of your time. Is there anything you want to uh, mention, you know, plug, anything coming up, anything you're doing that you want people to know about? So, no, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, if it helps anyone, then that, that's fantastic. And if people want to kind of talk to me about it, I'm more than open to talk about it, especially vegans who are bodybuilders, like always interested in how they're getting on. And then, yeah, in terms of me, so the place I'm most present is Instagram, which is Revive Stronger is my handle. Uh, you'll probably find our whole team of coaches there as well. The team Revive Stronger uh, Instagrams there as well. Our website's revivestronger.com. So if you want to look at coaching or our members site where we have some presentations, I'll probably do a presentation on uh, this actually. As I think people will enjoy that. Uh, has a forum. Our podcast is the Revive Stronger podcast. You can find that on all podcast providers and YouTube. And also we're putting in quite a bit of effort into our YouTube channel with uh, professional made vlogs at the moment. I say professional made because... All the vlogging was done by me and edited by me or Pascal previously. So we have someone who we're paying to like do some vlogs of my prep. So he's done one of like, I was getting tanned up in a car park before one of the shows, like he's vlogging all this. So people who are interested in natural bodybuilding, learning more about the process, what I'm doing, definitely check out our YouTube channel as well. Amazing. Uh, great. Thanks very much, Steve. And uh, I'll be looking forward to everything you're doing in the future. Cheers.